the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. I want to start by telling you a story. That's fine. Can we read a few stories? Okay, wonderful. Okay, let's do it like this. Well, my voice recovers because I shouted very loud. Uh, well, you don't mind? You can read the story. She likes telling stories. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the stories. It's okay. Come to it. So, this is story number one. This is story number two. This is story number three. Just end here. I'll, I'll let you know where to end. So you can read. And for purposes of the recording, this is part of the sermon. Pay attention. Pastor, does the story have a title? No, just read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, good morning, CEO. Good morning. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. You look lovely. We can begin. There was a boy named Kruger. Kruger was at the University of Zambia. He owned a Nokia 3310 as his parents believed in being conservative in all ways. However, his lecturers decided that some of their lectures would now take place on Zoom. So he then lobbied his parents to buy him a smartphone for the purpose of him using it for his lectures. After much thought, his parents decided to get him a smartphone. You're following? When he got the smartphone, he discovered it had more than Zoom. It had social media, it had YouTube, it had games, it had movies. Unfortunately, Kruger spent all his time on every other application, but did not join the Zoom meetings. Mm. His parents later found out that he was never in any meeting. Did the phone serve its purpose? Story number two. A woman named Maganizo loved visiting her grandmother during mango season. Plucking mangoes and sitting under the shade of the tree, eating mangoes and thinking a lot. However, her grandmother's residence was 15-minute drive away from her place. She therefore decided to plant a mango tree in her yard. She was patient. It took years to grow, and eventually it did. Mango season came, and it did not produce any mangoes. Sure, it produced shade and added to the greenery of the yard, but there were no mangoes. How do you think Maganizo thought about her mango tree? Story number three. 
there was a man named Mountains who was married to a woman named Influence. They also had a child whom they conveniently named Semina. Influence noticed that whenever she hung her clothes overnight, they would be stolen because the area was full of petty thieves. They then decided to buy a guard dog who was named Scooby. So Scooby was friendly, got along with Semina. However, Scooby was so scared of people that he ran away whenever he saw anyone. The thieves therefore continued their stealing and it became worse. <laughs> the end. Thank, Thank you. you. That was some lovely reading. Um, So you can now turn to your neighbor and discuss for a minute what was the common denominator in the three stories. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, I'll, I hope your neighbor was, was right. How many of you are doubting your neighbor? Sava neighbor, but if we got a special paper one. <laughs> Um, something that we see, um, I remember in sociology, there is a principle I remember learning in my first year. And it's something that has stuck with me because I think I've applied it to so many areas. Since you know you don't just study for exams, right? Right? Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. So there's a principle I learned of, how many of you remember it? Latent and manifest function. And this principle is very simple, that for everything, there is the original purpose, which is the manifest function. For example, you went to school to get a degree. But then there is a latent function, which is some of the externalities, or some of the, no, not really externalities, externalities is another thing, but just some of the byproducts, let's say, of you being at school. So, for example, someone went to school to get a degree, they found friendship. Another person went to school to get a degree, they found, they found a heartbreak, others found a marriage. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> Um, now, primarily what this is saying is there is an original intent for something. Now, here's the thing. If you get the latent function or some of the other parts of it, but you don't get the original, then there will be a challenge. So, for example, if I bought a car so that I should be driving and my... I can be reaching early now and I can be driving and I can be moving to help me to move from one location to another. And just so happens that I look nice in the car. Now, if that car stops working and I still look nice in it, it's, it's not fulfilling its purpose. It's not fulfilling its purpose. It's just looking nice. One thing that we see in the stories is that there was an original intent for the phone. There was an original intent for the tree. There was an intent for the dog. And despite them doing other things, 
for as long as they were not doing the original thing they were supposed to do, their purpose was compromised. Ladies and gentlemen, God didn't save you for nothing. He has intentions. God is a very wise investor. As a matter of fact, when you study the parable of the talents, who do you think was being talked about? Who was the master there? Who do you think gave the talents? And he had expectations when he came. And he was expecting that the people that he had entrusted would have done something with it. As a matter of fact, the guy who did nothing at all was called wicked. And I've got a feeling that dog would be called wicked if it was busy smiling at thieves. The owners would say, you're wicked to me then. It's even encouraging them, opening the door for them. <laughs> Imagine that. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I have a purpose. Now, one thing that I've learned is that if you want to find your specific purpose, it's usually found in the general one. The challenge that we have is that we've got people who don't want to apply general principles, but then they expect that God will give them the specifics for their lives. It's found in the general. Because no matter what specific assignment God gives you, it contributes to the entire body. So if you can learn what the body is for, most likely you might discover why the finger is needed. Now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we are God's property. We are God's field. We are God's children. And we've been born anew for a purpose. Let's look at First Peter chapter number 2. Even as I give you the title for today's sermon, which is Saved to Give Incense. First Peter chapter number 2. And we're going to look at verse... What's, what's the most common verse in First Peter chapter 2? Come on, you sing songs about it. You don't know where the song comes from. Now, let's start from verse 7 for purposes of context. So verse 7 for purposes of context. My team decided had already even put <laughs> verse 9. So it says, therefore to you who believe he is precious. Tell him, Lord, you are precious to me. The Lord likes hearing such words. I don't forget in my point. He likes hearing such words. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Let's go on. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed, to which they also were appointed. Verse 9. But you, tell your neighbor, but you, where we need, you same one, I don't know, is that really English? <laughs> it's like those who say, for me, personally, <laughs> I personally think, I don't know, <laughs> I mean, I personally think, what's the difference? <laughs> but that just shows you that human beings love to emphasize. We got it from God. So it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Let's wait there. That would have been good enough on its own. 
that would have been good but then there is a purpose to it that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So if you are not proclaiming the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, then you're being unfruitful. Then you're being unfruitful. It's because you are a chosen generation for a reason. Imagine um, somebody is going to uh, let's say somebody's having a graduation because I can sense a lot of graduations in the house. And the adventure, you just so happen to have like five tickets to the graduation and then you give those five tickets to selected people and then they call your name. Like they call you to the front, John Chimfwembe and then everybody else who's been called, like there's been then they call John Chimfwembe like just, just like what, one of them in the audience just says like that, that, that can one for just saving you embarrassment like woo. <laughs> like come on those five people were chosen so that they can shout your praises when your name is called up no matter how humble we are all of us on those special occasions want a few people to be loud you even pick them especially now in the same vein God wants that from you he wants you to proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. He wants you to be bold about it. He wants you to be honest about it. He wants you to be loud about it. If not, it really just sounds like after all Jesus did for you, all you give him is a woo. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on. That's malfunctioning. That one needs to be taken for formatting. That one needs to be restored to original, restored to default settings. Praise God. Isn't that why we are renewed day by day? There are times where you just need to be restored to default settings. It's something I do sometimes. Sometimes I just want to, like I'll just analyze myself and think, I think I'm rushing nowadays when I'm praying. I'm looking too much at the clock. I'm just trying to fulfill righteousness. Who's ever had those days? You know, if you don't do self-assessments, <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> well, like I'm reading the Bible because I'm supposed to read a chapter per day. There are those days. But then um, you have to constantly reset and realize this is why you are called. This is the highest calling. And interestingly, perhaps when we enter heaven some of the things that are celebrated on earth may not be the most important that side I don't know if you're getting my point let's say God graced you and by his grace let's, let's say you are able to buy this nice property this nice house Amen. by with these huge acres of land and you've got all this space and it's very posh and it's so nice and you build it the way you want it. Now, in heaven, they may not care about that house because they are better ones. Perhaps what will move them the most is your humility after you got that house. Perhaps what will move them 
is how you opened up that house for prayers because the yard was so big. Perhaps what will move them is how you stood and gave a testimony and thanked God, giving all glory to him. Perhaps that's what moves heaven more. Say, I am chosen for a purpose. Now, one of our main assignments as believers is to service the altar of God with incense. Now, come on, guys. I, was to, I, 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 have, I labored in doctrine to show you how with the tabernacle there were two main altars of God, the altar of sacrifice and the altar of incense. And we talked a little bit about the altar of sacrifice and how we can apply it now to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before the Lord. But then, with incense, I want us to realize that it's about bringing glory to God. Your mindset as a believer should be, how can I bring glory to God? How can I contribute to the incense which is on his throne? And so let me quote a few portions of scripture for today and just give an explanation of each of them. We're looking at just contributing to this incense, this special incense that our Father desires. Psalms 141, verse 2. Psalm 141, and verse 2. Everybody, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Now, the evening sacrifice was which one? The altar of incense. Because it was at the altar of incense where the fire was not to be put off. The priest had to come service the fire even in the evening. And so David is praying here and saying, let my prayer be set before you as incense. May that be your portion. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Now, this one is more of a decision. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Let our voices rise. Sing it out. From this moment on. Uh huh. Singing out for Seto. Ladies and gentlemen, we must pray in such a way that in the spiritual realm, it should be as if it's smoke coming out of us. We must burn. I, I, I don't know. We must become one of those whom, when, when there's just a lot of smoke ascending in the heavens, they should ask, like, ah, so he's praying again, right? Yeah, it's, it's that one. And that burning, it's not necessarily about the loudness, because prayer can be diverse and in different moments. It's that intimacy, it's that fervency, it's that fire. Be so much on fire that I don't know. I don't know if, if you forget my point. You're just burning and burning and burning. There is a reason why, when we are told about the Spirit of God descending, it says appeared on each one of them as tongues of fire. It had to be tongues of fire. 
And what were they doing when they were speaking? They were burning. Hey! <laughs> and the whole town came to watch them burn. Others marveled. Others mocked. But they were burning. Ladies and gentlemen, we should come to a level where we even ask God for prayer points. <laughs> no, no, think about this. You've got that thing that you're praying about, right? And it's always number one on the list and the like. Perhaps you have it. What next? If tomorrow morning all those things you've been praying about are answered, how will your prayer life be? What will you pray about? We must come to a place where, okay, here is, you've got 20 minutes of intercession, right? 10 minutes you've prayed for all the things that you're praying for and the like. Um, perhaps another 5 minutes you've got some people in mind that you've been interceding for. The other 5, you say, God, now this one is your, like anyone you want me to pray for? Is there anyone? If you want, I could just speak in tongues and you can just use that language to just like, maybe there's like some, some person in uh, Guatemala or uh, there's some person in New Zealand that just needs prayers. Like I'm available, I can pray for anyone there. Like, and that's how you notice by the Spirit. Before you know it, who's ever had moments where by the Spirit you're praying and it's like you're in nations? I don't know if someone is getting my point. That's for all believers. You just have to focus. You, you, you can have a moment where you say, this period, I'm just focusing on any person in this world who's in dire need of prayer. Perhaps they're in a hopeless situation. And for God to intervene, there is need for a man to pray. So you just say, okay, Lord, I don't know, but somewhere out there, there might be somebody who's about to be robbed. So um, I'm going to now pray by the Spirit. Because the Spirit gives us utterance, right? Because we don't know what we ought to pray for. And so by the Spirit, I'll just invest myself as a seed. And may, it, may this seed germinate in such a way that someone out there in Australia, someone out there in Kapiriposhi, someone out there in... Like that, you'll never run out of what to say when praying. Because there'll always be someone to pray for. That's a place that we must reach. That's something that God wants us to reach in the latter rain. Well, when you pray, to be as if you're there, but you're here. Come on. No wonder Christianity becomes boring for some people. They've got nothing to do. They don't know how to navigate the spiritual realm. Imagine a believer. You've never spent a good 10, 20 minutes just interceding for others. Sometimes it should be a bit adventurous. You're praying, God even changes your tongue. You can tell, okay, this is Chinese now. I think I'm now interceding for the Chinese people. <laughs> well, like, okay, God, today I've cleared my schedule. I got a Mother's Day at work. Um, so for the next two hours, like anyone you want me to pray for, like take me on an adventure in the spirit. Hey! Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, we must reach a place where we love prayer. Where we love prayer. Where when we say 100 minutes of prayer, like only... Praise God. Praise God. Because of busy schedules, sometimes we're not able to do everything that we want to do in that context. But there must be moments where you set it aside. 
for me, there are moments where, because we, there's even the aspect of praying as a family and they're like, but there are moments where even my wife knows. I'm just like, okay, I'll, I'll see you soon. Like, we've, we've finished the prayers for the family. Like, I'll be back. Like, I just want to see some stuff and, and stuff like that. And then there are moments where I can also tell, mm, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we need, to, we, need, we need our prayers to go up as incense. And then when he talks about worship, lifting of our hands as worship, we must come to a place where we worship in such a way that we lose ourselves. Where we do not care about anything around us. Where, if we're having a worship moment right now, let's use this place as an example. What is it to you? What the person in front of you thinks why does it bother you so much? How cute you are looking when you are worshipping. Why does it bother you that much? Surely even if someone was looking for you, do you think that's the moment? They are also worshipping. If, if, surely the, <laughs> I would be concerned if that's the moment that they were looking out for their potential ministry sustainer. I don't know how that person will be sustaining their ministry with the lack of worship. <laughs> that might be the thief who enters by the door. So anyways, like what is it to you? Why do we care so much? Why? why? How can you be in church six months you've never knelt? So we sweep this floor for what? Do you know how hard the helps department works? They work their socks off. Coming here earlier than everybody else, mopping the floor, hoping that by the adventure your knees may have a relationship with them. And you've never even offered a living sacrifice, a kneeling sacrifice. Come on, guys. We can do better. And you know, there are certain things you have to do. Not, you don't wait for a feeling. Sometimes you do certain things to train yourself. I don't know if you're getting my point. That, that carpet that you put in your bedroom, it's for what? It's for your face to be on the floor. Come on. There are moments where you have to put your face down and just lay it all down. Do you know what they do in heaven? It says they cast off their crowns. They already have crowns. Now, that, now if those are elders who've received an eternal crown, who are we? Not to cast off this status, cast off our positions in life, cast off all those things and just bow before him. We have to learn to remove our crowns. Someone once said, if you get too big-headed, the crown won't fit. <laughs> hey! Glory! Is somebody ready to just shout and praise God? Glory to Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, we must understand that before salvation, we did not have the right to pray and worship because we were separated by God. We were separated from God through sin. As far as Isaiah 59 says, the hand of the Lord is not too short to save. His ear is not too deaf to hear, but your sins have separated you from him. And any encounters or experiences that you had were purely by the mercy and sovereignty of God. But then, we must know, ladies and gentlemen, that just like, remember how the, in the 
days of the tabernacle, only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies and once a year. Do you know what that means? Everyone else worshipped from far. I want you to think about it. The worship experience was one which was from afar because the amount of you had to be chosen as a high priest and then there are some consecrations that you had to experience and you could perform that act of worship on behalf of everybody else then Jesus decided look I won't just perform it on behalf of everybody else I'll open the door and then he goes like you can all come in that's not something we should take lightly that's not something we should take lightly We've got a privilege to not worship from far. How do we know? Look at Hebrews 10. And then look at verse 19. We'll read 19 going down. Now remember, in the Old Testament, only the high priest could enter the holiest, the holy of holies. And that would happen once a year. But for us, look at this. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus... Now, before you go on, I want us to realize this. It says, having boldness to enter. Do you remember last time there was a scripture that said, um, come, that I think we're reading from Hebrews 4. Should have been verse 14 to 16. And we're talking about, let us therefore come. And we can obtain grace in times of need. We come to the throne. Now, let me say something. Um, there is a teaching that's taught sometimes. And I understand it very well. And in that teaching, I think people are rebuked for saying, uh, we come before you. And I think the statement is, where were you before? And, and the like. And I, I get where it comes from. But interestingly, when you read the scriptures, there are still words like come. There are still words like therefore, brethren. You'll see as we go on. Reason being, the fact that these things have been made accessible doesn't mean everyone takes advantage of them. There's, a, there's an engagement that needs to take place. There's an engagement that needs to take place. There's, there's actually a deliberate positioning, a deliberate engagement with God that needs to take place. No wonder Jesus could use words like, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. He seems to be calling for some action. So there's a deliberate engagement that has to take place to activate what God has already made accessible to you. So it says, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So you find everyone has got access to it. All believers do. But you find there are very few who've experienced it. And one of the reasons that many just don't deliberately engage. They don't go further than five minutes of good night God. Because I'm very as a good night God. Let's be honest. <laughs> like I God. Good night. Next verse. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. Uh huh. 
and having a high priest over the house of God. Let's continue. Let us draw near. Notice it's a deliberate call of action. It's you to do it. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, that part is very important, and you'll see it a lot more in April when we look at what the gospel does. Because April, we're looking at understanding the gospel. Another thing that blocks people from having that Holy of Holies experience is when their conscience has not been cleansed. Cleansed from so many things, the main one being guilt. For as long as a person still um, is being challenged with guilt of what they did before, it will be very difficult for them to experience certain things. Because their first instinct will always be, God is not happy with me. Let me ask for forgiveness. And then that may sound very humble. But if a person, now I'm talking about someone who's repented, they're not doing that stuff anymore. If every time they're having a prayer session, they have, to have for, they have to ask for forgiveness for that stuff that happened two years ago, then they are showing a huge lack of faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why am I saying that's a lack of faith? Because it means they don't have faith that God forgave them the first time they asked. No, let's be honest. It means... If I keep saying I'm sorry every day, then I'm doubting what you did with my first I'm sorry. And yet our forgiveness is based on his faithfulness, not ours. So what does a person do if they still keep being reminded of what happened back then? First, he recognizes that's not God, that's Satan. What Satan does, he'll convince you to do something, and then he'll be the same person to condemn you about it, and then he's called the accuser of the brethren. Afterwards, he'll even threaten you with God's wrath. The same Satan. That's what he does. So what should they do then? That's the part where they hold fast to their confession. Rather than sulking about it, that should actually be a new reason to praise God, saying, God, you saved me even from that. I'm grateful. God, I'm grateful that you forgave me two years ago. I'm grateful that you did this. I'm grateful that you did this. That's the sacrifice of praise. That's much better than constantly bombarding heaven with unbiblical prayers. You're not saying hey today. So these levels need for your hearts to be sprinkled from an evil conscience. And it says that our bodies, hey, even our bodies. Notice, that's not talking about your spiritual body. That's your physical body. Washed with pure water. What water? The water of the word according to Ephesians 5 verse 26. When Jesus says you are clean, even your body is cleansed. That's the gospel. So for somebody who's been struggling with that, or maybe you feel maybe your heart is clean, but your body is still dirty, you are clean. You are cleansed. I thought that deserved a better amen. amen. Next verse. Let's continue. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let's go on. And let us consider one another in order to steer up love and good works. All these are instructions for life. Hold fast to your confession. Consider one another. What else should we do? Next verse. 
not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together. Even that is part of the incense we give to God. Not forsaking assembling together. God loves it when he sees his children together. If you are to ask any parent, perhaps who's got uh, more than one child and their children are 10 years and older, one of the things they'll tell you that they love to see is when their children unite. If you had to ask any parent, that's probably one of the things they will tell you. They love to see their children unite. The Bible says how good it is when brethren dwell together in harmony. And then begins to talk about how it is like the Jew. It is like the anointing coming down from Aaron's beard and going down. Similarly, when we come together and unite like this, and we bring our worship together like this, it pleases God. It raises an incense to him. So, dear member who's been staying home when you know you can be, when you know you should be here. Especially when you know you've got the capabilities. There are people who are crying to God, begging for an opportunity to just come here just once. Stop that. Stop that. Don't be like that person whom misused the phone they were given. Perhaps for you the internet was given for you to evangelize. But if you've got an opportunity to be here, be here. There is an aspect of our incense we're missing out on because somebody is not contributing. And he says, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Other versions says the habit, meaning it can become a habit, a bad one. But exhorting one another. Hey, imagine that. A church where by the, there is no one who leaves the church without receiving an encouragement. I'm not talking about from the pastor. I mean by the time somebody has left church, somebody has encouraged them. Somebody has exhorted them. Somebody has taught them something that will build them up in their lives. Make, make it a decision. No one should ever sit next to you without receiving at least one word of encouragement. Come on, can you encourage somebody next to you? Just say one thing to encourage them. All that is rising before God as incense. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we can have a situation where maybe maybe there is a member who's got issues with me in this or vice versa. Perhaps there is something we are sorting out. We are dealing with a few things. What's your role to do? Encourage them. You can find somebody has come here afraid saying, what will pastor say? Because, you know, maybe we had a conversation. Be the one to encourage them. If you haven't seen somebody in a while, what's your first reaction? Is it, hey, I'm on my pembera. Do you think that should be the case? Uh, maybe you can tell your neighbor a better solution if you haven't seen someone for, in a while. What should they say? Let me hear. What should they say? I'm happy to see you. Good to see you. Uh-huh. It's been a while. Uh-huh. We're happy you came. Uh-huh. Okay. No, I'll borrow some of your answers. Pantu <laughs> ine. I start with a look. 
It says, exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. That means that the more we are entering the last of the last of the last days, encouragement should increase. Encouragement to be increased, should increase. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible talks about perilous times. People need encouragement. All that goes up before God as incense. Next verse. Then it says, for well, if you sin willfully. Now that, that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? That's interesting. It says if we sin willfully after having received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. The interesting thing about this scripture is that it's not saying, it's not quoting Galatians 5. Galatians 5 says the works of the flesh are obvious. Adultery, fornication, then there are so many others, licentiousness, uh, drunkenness, and all those things. But the interesting thing is that this portion of scripture is not saying, uh, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't insult, don't, don't commit adultery, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, because if you sin willfully. No, it's actually telling you how you ought to live as a believer. Then afterwards says, for if you sin willfully. That means that what it's referring to here as sin may not just be about not doing this, not doing this. It may also be about being a fruitless and purposeful believer. Someone who's malfunctioning. Haven't you read in John 15, what did Jesus say? Every branch that does not bear fruit, I'll cut it off. That means there should be some element of purpose. And if as a believer you're not doing your purpose, God is like, hey, this is not why I made this phone. It's malfunctioning. Sure, the camera is working, but if it can't take cause, I mean, I, I might as well just buy a camera. Somebody says, saved to produce incense. Can we just go on? Are you ready just for the final part? Now, let's look at another portion of scripture, our final one for today. No, second, the penultimate one. Hebrews 13 and verse 10 and we'll go down so we'll read it these are really instructions for living now as we read it i want you to be connecting to all the sermons i've been teaching and i want you to be taking these as instructions for yourself with regards producing incense we'll read it together and he who reads loudest something nice will happen to them okay. <laughs> one two three read we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priests for sin are burned outside the camp. Uh -huh. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Uh-huh. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp bearing his reproach. Uh-huh. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Uh-huh. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer 
the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Next. Uh -huh. But do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Next. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things desiring to live honorably. Glory! Now, how many of you have identified certain things God wants you to do just from that? A few things we can identify. Number one, and when I identify it, media, you put the, that portion of scripture. We must continually, first we must bear the reproach of the Lord. That's a topic on its own. By that I mean um, that you must bear the insults that you get by virtue of being a Christian. The ridicule. The, it's, it's, it's important. It's part of the incense. It's one of the spices. That there are some people who must ridicule your faith. They must think less of you because of how you pray. Sometimes you must be told, as intelligent as you are, you believe these things. And you say, hey. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they are doing. Okay? So you bear his reproach. Why? Because here on earth, nothing should fully satisfy you. We don't have a continuing city here. There is a city of the Lord that we're waiting for. And then it says, by him, meaning by the Lord Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. And then it's defined, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. It must become part of vo your vocabulary to say, oh God, I give you glory. Lord, I honor you. Lord, you're precious. Lord, you're wonderful. What are you doing? You're offering the sacrifice of praise, which is what? The fruit of your lips. Imagine somebody calls themselves a love interest, for example, in your life at whatever level. And they told you they love you on the first day. And they've never said it again since. And they say, refer to what I said. <laughs> refer to what I said. <laughs> refer to what I said. It doesn't work like that, right? Trust me, I know. We can say it in the morning, by evening, someone is not convinced. They want to hear it again. <laughs> evening is even far. <laughs> by, it has to be renewed day by day. Now, <laughs> God, they got that from God. God wants to be constantly praised. So, your hallelujah for yesterday is for yesterday. There must be a hallelujah for today. 
Every day there must be a new song. After all, his mercies are new every morning. So you must continually, not once, not just at church, not just when your favorite leader is singing, but continually offer the sacrifice of praise. And listen, as much as we do the dancing, that's an that, that accompanies. As much as we do the kneeling, that's for accompanying. As much as we do the prostrating, that's for accompanying. If we do all those things but never say any words, what are we doing? That's not the sacrifice of praise. There must be words. It says, come before him with words. Praise and worship is incomplete without words. There must be words. So if we're singing, and the whole time for you are just... Then that part comes. Then I'm going to start to think you just like the beat. No, then maybe you just like the beat. And human beings have been designed in such a way that as long as something has a beat and the like, there's a way we feel like, <laughs> play anything. There's a way we feel like, just play. Where's off if there was a drama? Go on the drums. Just, just do something. Wait, wait, let me tell you what to play. Let's go. Don't sing, don't sing. Did you did anyone notice something beginning to happen to their body like before you know it you That's what you want to do, right? That means that sometimes it's the beats we start liking. And if you're not careful, and that's how you become religious, you can just like the beat. Other songs, you can just like the hype. You like the way you and your friend look at each other when you do. Now, all those things should be the things to add on top. But the biggest thing that should be in your mind is, I want God to hear this one. Yeah! Yeah, mama! Oh, Lord! Mama, mama! Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, In your mind, you should be thinking, my goodness, I hope God enjoyed that one. Like, praise and worship should be God-centered, not people-centered, and not even self-centered. That means that there are times when you have to offer the sacrifice of praise when you don't feel like it. Like, sometimes that ee may come out as ee Because chile kalipa, mama. Mama, mama. You wipe a few tears. Mama, 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 mama. But what am I trying to say? It should not even be self-centered. Have you ever read the story of Paolo Nasila Hana Pembela? That must have been one of the probably how can I put it? 
in a human sense, that would have probably been one of the worst praise sessions to watch. I don't think they were singing well. They had been whipped. I can imagine how their voices were. No, honestly, I don't think they had a good... They didn't have a good day. They came from being flogged. They were in pain. I don't think they were enjoying it. And it's not like they knew the prison doors were open. It's not like they had heard the sermons for when you worship at midnight. Oh, the doors open. They, they didn't have the privilege of hearing that. But for them, like, boom, it reached midnight. Silas looked at Paul. He said, it's time, right? Yeah. Then the other one went, the sun comes up. Oh, my goodness, my back. It's a new day dawning. My hand. But it's time to sing your song again. And even if they whip us today, <laughs> or if they flog us tomorrow, <laughs> what will happen? I will be singing when the evening comes. And I know somebody's getting my point. That's a sacrifice of praise. And we must be deliberate about offering it. So ladies and gentlemen, let it be very deliberate. There are certain things you should not, never leave church without doing. You've come to church, you never offered words. You never lifted your hands. You never just said something special to the Lord. Uh-uh. Never again. Praise God. Now, let's, let's be finalizing now. We should do good and share. All that counts as a sacrifice. So with what the Lord blesses you with, let somebody else enjoy it as well. And then, have you noticed in the same portion of scripture it talks about submitting to those who God has given you as leaders? That also counts as a sacrifice. You know why? Because somebody who's a fellow human being and you lower yourself and submit yourself because you recognize that God has placed them in authority over you. That's very spiritual. So that burns before God as incense. Um... Mainly people describe us as a youthful church. But if you knew the number of people in this church who are older than me, who've deliberately just submitted themselves and said, this is the person we're following. That's very spiritual. Very spiritual. And I'm saying this because once upon a time I was like 17 and people were admitting. So uh, submitted. Sometimes when I say 17-year-old, I'm like, wait. People were following me when I was like, when I was like that. That's very spiritual. So submission and we should pray even for those who are above us. Now our final scripture for today. Today is one of those days where I've taken long, right? I know. Very deliberate. Once in a while they need to feel you. You can find out that people are busy making unnecessary arguments. You know there are those arguments which are necessary. You even wonder why your name has been put in that argument. I'll give you an example. Should I ever see any of you do any post? That's the problem with these pastors who are uneducated. No wonder me, my pastors. Why should you put me in such carnality? <laughs> Never put me in such carnality. Never. Never put me in such carnality. I once told off an interviewer. I was being interviewed. And the person starts speaking against pastors and says, at least you are educated, you're doing this. I said, don't use me to sponsor your greed. <laughs> They've never called me back. <laughs> so never use me in kind of arguments hey, some of your churches where they preach long at least me my pastor don't use me in those arguments just 
Unnecessary arguments. Philippians 4 verse 15. <laughs> okay, this is our final portion of scripture. Let's go. Philippians 4.15. Are we ready to read it together? One, two, three, go. Now you Philippians know that when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. That, well done. That means whether they loved Paul or not, we don't know, but they didn't. To what extent then did they believe in his vision? Because a vision you believe in, you give to. Let's continue. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. We're reading too low. Next verse. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Hold on. There are accounts we don't know about. There are accounts. And heaven takes notice of them. And heaven has got its own measuring system. It may, perhaps they are not measured in dollars. Maybe there is something else. And so he says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to what? Next verse. 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. Read loud now. A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. How, did that, how was that sacrifice done? They gave money. And how is it described? Let's read again. A sweet? A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Now, how many of you have heard exceedingly, abundantly, above all? Right? You've heard it? God is able to do. Do you know that that promise had a context? Or how many of you have heard God speaking about, the scripture speaking about needs being supplied? And sometimes people read it as, um, my God shall supply my needs, Right? But have you ever actually read the initial context? Read it. Let's, let's go. Next verse. And Now, let's read the Bible as it is. Does it say, my God shall supply my need? It says, my God shall supply your need. Now, I'm not saying you can't pray, my God shall supply my needs, but now that means there was a context. So what was the context? The context was because of what they did before. They provided for the needs that that vision had. They provided for the needs in this case of the Apostle Paul. So he says, okay, so you've done that. It's abounded to your account. It's gone before God as a sweet-smelling aroma. Now my God, meaning the God of the vision himself, was now going to sponsor their needs because they looked into the needs of the vision. Ladies and gentlemen, giving. Do you remember Cornelius? The Bible says your giving has come up as a memorial before God. Do you remember when Tabitha was being raised? It says the women started showing Peter, look at what she made for me. Meaning there was something in the heavenly account to deposit, to, to withdraw from. And that's how she was raised from the dead. So ladies and gentlemen, your giving also brings incense before God.
And that's why it's not something you should take lightly. It's not something anyone should need to convince you. Um, there are a few ministries that I, um, that I partner with. I'll give you an example. One of them I partner with is Set Apart because I think what they're doing is incredible. So I remember when I was starting and uh, I'd had a chat with Pastor. I asked her, like, how do I... And so she, she asked me the usual questions, like, okay, so for how long? And whatnot. I, I said, okay, that for me, all I'll ask is, number one, please give me a contact of maybe a peer or something, because they're too big for me to be dealing with over such matters. And then to tell them never to remind me. I won't need any reminder. It's something I take too personal. I'll never be reminded for that. Never. It's not possible. I've just told you about one avenue, but in all avenues, I've made it a deliberate intention. If my budget group leader is ever to call me, it's just to encourage me. Not to remind me. I can't be reminded. I can't be reminded over my responsibility. What would they say about a parent who needs to be reminded by the school about school fees? And they say, oh, we didn't give, we forgot. That's why we didn't pay the fees. Then they're irresponsible. This vision, we are responsible over it. We're not going to be those irresponsible people who forget. Praise God. Today is Partnership Sunday. And on this Sunday, we give more than we usually do. I would like us to prepare our partnership offerings. And I want to just make a special prayer over them. That the God of this vision... The God who I've seen raise COL from, <laughs> from being laughed at to people coming to ask us for notes. That same God will do the same for you. May I please have my partnership? You give the one for our daughter. Wonderful. Thank you. Just lift your hands. Father in heaven, we thank you for this partnership offering. Father, I pray. May everyone testify of your goodness. And Lord, specifically today, we pray for financial miracles. We pray that you stretch out your hand and do financial wonders in the name of Jesus. Come through, Lord, for people in their education. Come through for them in their businesses, at their places of work. Come through for them, Lord, even for their guardians. Come through for them in Jesus' name. Give them money-making ideas and give them the grace to bring those ideas into fruition. Give those who already have big ideas, give those ideas momentum in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let this come before you as incense. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, very quickly, I just want to ask if there's somebody here who does not have a relationship with Jesus as their Lord and wants to be born again today. You want God to remove you from darkness today. There is no reason for you to stay in that position. You can be saved today. So if there's anyone in this place that's saying, Pastor, before we even go further, I want to give my life to Jesus. I just want to be born again. I want to be a child of God. Some of you may have been in the right path, but you wandered away. God still wants you, and God loves you. 
and today you have an opportunity to enter a relationship with him as your Lord. Amen. So if you are in that position, without feeling shy about it, I want you to raise your hand and raise it high. I'll give you a minute. Just raise your hand. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Just raise it. You're not the only one. Raise your hand. Wonderful. Anybody else wants to come to the Lord today? Just raise your hand. Come, please. Yeah, come. If there is... If there is any hand I didn't see, you can come to the front as well. You can stand over here. What's your name? Kenya. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. Please lift your hands. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And I confess you as my Lord. Amen. Congratulations. The team over there, you just see. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of service. I already blessed you. Your week is blessed. And in the name of Jesus, the testimony starts now. They start today in Jesus' name. Your health is blessed. Your mind is blessed in Jesus' name. Now in April, we're having our month of understanding the gospel. And then this will feed into the Easter period. So I want you to be very alert to the online meetings, the physical meetings, the cell meetings, and everything else. They'll all be feeding into this theme. By the time we're done. I said by the time we're done. Wonderful. Let's just have the grace. Thank you Lord for today's service. Wow. Thank you for the abundance of revelation. Thank you Lord. In Jesus name. For that love of God. And the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are done for today. The Lord bless you.